1: This episode is brought to you by Klaviyo, the platform that powers smarter digital relationships. With Clavio, you can activate all your customer data in real time. Connect seamlessly with your customers across all channels. Guide your marketing strategy with AI-powered insights, recommendations, and automated assistance.
2: Deliver experiences that feel
1: individually designed at scale and grow your business faster. Power smarter digital relationships with Clavio. Learn more at klaviyo.com slash Spotify. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash Spotify.
2: Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the credit card created by Apple. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that you can now choose to grow in a high-yield savings account that's built right into the Wallet app. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone and start growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility requirements. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply.
0: I'm Jason Palmer, one of the hosts of The Intelligence, The Economist's daily current affairs podcast. The Economist's award-winning shows make sense of what matters. From our special series on China's president to our weekly podcasts on business, technology, and American politics, our journalists provide fair, in-depth reporting on the events shaping the world. Search for Economist Podcasts Plus and sign up to our free one-month trial.
2: It's time to say goodbye to hold music and say hello to fast customer support with Service Cloud. With trusted AI and data working together, you can skip long wait times and deliver efficient personalized service right away, all while keeping support costs low and more customers happy. Reimagine your customer support with the number one AI CRM for service. Learn what's possible at salesforce.com/products/service.
0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Patricia and Kasha about creative new techniques in HR and retention in the new year. Patricia and Kasha, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
2: Hey, thank you for having us. We're excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with both of you today. I'm really excited to have a nice conversation in this new year about creative new tactics for HR and retention. And I should say happy new year to everyone, to all my listeners. This is my first recording of the new year and I'm just super thrilled to have the opportunity to sit down with both of you and have this conversation, especially while we're in the midst of this, the Great Resignation, the, the Omicron variant, and organizations are still wrestling with trying to figure out how to attract and retain really great people and keep people safe and healthy and just juggling everything. It's, it's, it's still a bit of a messy workplace and a world of work. And so these are the things we're going to be unpacking and discussing with each other today. As we get started, I wanted to share Patricia and Kasha's bio with everybody. As the CEO and founder of the Atlanta-based Mission Recruit, Patricia Karam is a driving force introducing human design to corporate America. With more than a decade of experience working with Fortune 500 companies nationwide, she launched Mission Recruit with the vision of delivering best-in-class services by combining the sophistication of a large recruiting company with the heart and personalization of a smaller staffing agency. And I could go on and on, but I'll let Patricia share a little bit more about herself here in just a moment. And I wanted to share Kasha's bio as well. As an HR leader, Kasha Jakarcesian has more than a decade of experience building and scaling teams in the retail and hospitality industries. Most recently, her focus has been on team development and workplace culture. She believes the modern workplace should highlight our human connection by placing the greatest emphasis on employees' individual talents, strengths, and skills. And again, I could go on and on about Kasha's uh, background as well. Uh, but I'll let her share a little bit more with all of you. Uh, so thank you both. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Patricia, maybe I'll let you go first. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context? And then we'll go over to Kasha.
2: Yes, of course. And thank you so much for that great introduction. And Happy New Year to you too. So um, at Mission Recruit, we're a woman-owned and minority-owned staffing firm. We specialize in IT and leadership, and we have three primary pillars, which Jonathan mentioned. It's best in class recruiting services. It's um, keeping the human in HR through human design and our mission to give back. So we donate locally to survivors of domestic violence and human trafficking.
0: That's wonderful. And how did you find yourself in this space and starting this company?
2: Um, well, I've been in staffing for over 10 years and I, I just realized that I just have a huge passion and want to give back. And so whatever way I can be abundant through the company, I want to give back to the community. And so I've always, I've always tended to, um, have a soft spot for survivors of domestic violence and human trafficking.
0: Wonderful. Uh, Kasha, anything else you would like to share with listeners?
1: Yeah, well, thanks again. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, my name is Kasha. I uh, work with Patricia at Mission Recruit, uh, essentially bringing human design into workplaces. And human design is essentially um, a roadmap to you know your most authentic self, who you are. And uh, when your managers learn about uh, learn about that side of you, they really can tap into the most effective way to um, work with the talent of their team rather than trying to impose, let's say um, a theory or a thought onto a team. It's really sort of reverse engineering uh, how to develop and, and get the best out of them as well. So that's what Patricia and I work on together. Uh, I come from a retail and hospitality background. So um, we have really seen the brunt of it in this pandemic uh, and it's really forced us to, and me as, a, as an HR leader, to uh, really transform the experience of our team. We've, I work with a company that employed over 150 um, hospitality workers at the beginning of the pandemic. We're now at like a third of that, uh, but um, outside of that, we've seen some really amazing things happen in the last two years that I don't think we could have uh, been able to witness with um, without sort of, you know, the big P word getting into the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. And yeah, the hospitality mm-hmm. industry has been hit really hard. So I'm actually curious uh, because I haven't talked with too many people uh, specifically within an industry in terms of how the great resignation has impacted that with staffing, you know, and in the labor market being quite unique in that space. Uh, what can you share with us about that?
1: Uh how much time do we have to no, I'm just kidding. Um, I would say the biggest one was it really took, we really had to look beyond sort of our PL statements and what our board was sort of demanding of us um, and really dial into what it is that our team loves about working um for our company and how do we dial that up. And how do we make that in, how do we sort of translate that in a way that's going to invite people to want to come back to work, but also feel as though they not only are valued, but they can also afford, like, you know, their life. (laughs) Uh, And they don't feel overworked, they don't feel stressed, they don't feel overburdened um, by, you know, sort of carrying that weight of that very front, or that very guest and customer-facing role. So for us, it was... um, it was, you know, increasing wages, uh, really looking into um, our culture values and our and our company values as well. And how does that impact, you know, our bottom line? But at the end of the day, uh, if we don't do this, we aren't able to open and stay open. So it was a, a fine balance um, and, you know, that's something that we've had to look at, you know, two or three times in the last two years. That isn't something that we just did, you know, summer of 2020. That's something we also did at the beginning of 2021. And, um, you know, in Q4 of 2021 as well, going into this new year, you know, increasing people's wages even further, increasing things like benefit packages that we didn't offer before for our whole team. Um, you know, The list can go on. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And how has it been trying to recruit and re- retain people uh, within the hospitality space uh, in comparison, say, to to your current company?
1: Yeah. Retaining um, has been like pretty good for us, actually. Um, we sort of uh, anticipated that if people were to leave, we looked at the market and we saw, okay, this is what we would have to be able to offer, and this may not even guarantee the the caliber of of leader that we want. So we we pre proactively. Um, you know, reviewed with our team one-on-one, asked them what it is, you know, that they sort of need from us or want from us and tried to meet it and and did meet it in in a lot of ways and exceeded that expectation as well. And then what we found in the fall of 2021 was, We were seeing business go back to levels, you know, similar to 2019, early 2020, and we were having an issue with a labor shortage. And we also experienced a labor shortage in 2017 as well, when we were trying to expand uh, and we just weren't finding people who wanted to work. And so we applied some of those um, uh, strategies that we did in 2017 at the end of, of last year. And that it's getting there but it's taking some time like I think there's still a lot of fear uh, especially now with the new variant and and I'm up in Canada uh, in Toronto specifically and we've got some pretty intense restrictions around what we're uh, able to and not able to do as a hospitality business and so that's also sort of hindering our ability to continue moving forward at this time but I am Uh, you know, in December, we were really seeing some positive momentum uh, that really showed that our strategies around wages and um, not just wages, but also just sort of like an entire lifestyle package was what we were offering. um, We're were making some really positive progress that was shaping, you know, the the future of the hospitality industry.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that extra background. Uh, That's super helpful. And Patricia, I'm wondering if there were other aspects as, as uh, Kasha was sharing um, that you've seen in terms of your organization's overarching strategy around people management and uh, attraction and retain- uh, retention of great talent during this time.
2: And, you know, it's an ongoing war. And I think the the biggest issue is that no one can predict the future. There's no consistency. Everything's always changing. And I always tell people that the pandemic From the very start has highlighted what people individually truly wanted in life and in their career. And so I think that's what's caused a lot of this um, great resignation. And so I'm working with a lot of clients now, a lot of Fortune 500 companies, mid-sized companies, government agencies. They're asking how can we recruit on the front end to make sure that our candidates, our future employees stay what what re- retention methods should we implement for this and so you know it's it's kind of a balance you know the the larger the company maybe Maybe they can be more creative, but the smaller you have more flexibility, like equity, um, more time off. When it when it becomes this big monster of a company, like Fortune 100 clients, which I'm which I'm dealing with, so we have to get creative. Um, that's where it gets a little bit harder, and that's where they can kind of play with like 100% remote. But it's just about to Kaja's point, to what she does is understanding the individual employee and what's most important to them because it's different for everybody.
0: Yeah. And I'm really glad you said that. You know, As, as you mentioned, the, the equity piece or the time off, the flexibility piece, the scheduling piece, the remote or hybrid working piece, Like these are all elements uh, that people are valuing but people value them differently, right? Different, yeah. moti- different uh, elements motivate people in different ways and there's, they have different saliency. And so we really just have to know our people and we have to have the flexibility with our team and within the organization to you know, enact the, those things that are gonna be meaningful and impactful uh, to, to members of our team. And, and while that sounds nice, it's trickier to do in practice Especially, as you said, as you get into bigger, more complex organizations, and you're dealing with issues around equity or perceived inequity issues, um, and and just consistency with policy practice and procedure in the organization, finding a way to strike that balance can really be challenging.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And it's it's been interesting, and I think it'll continue to be interesting. And I'm excited to see where everything goes with all of this, because it's always changing.
0: and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, Kasha, I'm I'm curious, um, anything else that specifically is sticking out to you right now as you're considering uh, you know first quarter first couple quarters of 2022 uh in perhaps new creative tactics that we can take in terms of retention of of really great people so that they don't For jump sure. sh- they don't jump ship and leave and yeah. go to you know chase the next uh offer you know where they may get a, a better salary or a sign-on bonus or or something like that uh at least it may seem that way um but what what we can we do to battle that
1: For sure. I think um, it really comes down to, you know, the leadership team, the executive leadership team of of a business and a company as well. Um, Sure, you know, we can design a beautiful compensation package and your HR team can work on an incredible culture um, program. But ultimately, if the team doesn't believe in the CEO's vision, You know, it can only really go so far and they will be tempted. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of nice package you put together. It doesn't really matter if they're not really bought into where where the company is going, the direction the company is going. So I would say in Q1, or if if it hasn't been done already, going into 2022, you know, executive leadership teams really sitting down and being like, okay, which direction are we heading in this year? How can we um, foster a sense of safety foster a sense of resiliency within our business and still be able to be profitable and be able to pivot? And how do we do that in a way that's going to keep our teams engaged? (laughs) And if we can do that, then, you know, hopefully you're minimizing your risk. But at the end of the day, you know, as um, Patricia was mentioning, you know, radical transparency is part of this sort of new, this new wave of, of team, of existing and, when you have a CEO kind of uh, be honest or not even just a CEO, but anyone in, in, a, in a high you know position of seniority, just being honest and being like, okay, I'm not really 100% sure, but this is what I want to get accomplished or this is what I want to do. Um, I think that can really uh, create and foster a huge sense of trust uh, amongst the team and really uh, lower the potential for people leaving
0: yeah, and I really like how you focus in on on the radical transparency piece. I, I, I think in this day and age, people just have a much higher expectation around mutual accountability and trust being developed within their team and within the organization. And that yeah. transparency piece is is core to that. And frankly, millennial, particularly younger millennial and Gen Z workers, they just have zero patience for obfuscation and games and the politicking and, and just the, the, uh, the gaslighting that has become unfortunately so common in a lot of organizations and in, in, in many leaders styles. Um, I, I, see it all the time and where, where someone may have been able to get away with it even 10 years ago, even five years ago, even two years ago, people just aren't putting up with it. And they're, they're, Taking off to the next opportunity, that may be offering more money, um, but but uh, it's not just the money. It's the it's the flexibility piece. It's the scheduling yeah. piece. It's 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 uh, the whole total compensation and benefits package um, that people are looking at, and so we really have to take into account all of those elements and that culture piece of radical transparency in, in fostering a, a, a psychologically safe culture of mutual mutual accountability and trust. It's just so essential in the new world of work.
2: I completely agree if you don't mind me adding on to that. Um this is why I am so about keeping the human in HR. I think it's so easy to forget that this is a part of HR, the human aspect of it. And I think right now it's Definitely, Everyone knows it's a candidates' market right now, and and now candidates have so many options that they're able to find the job that aligns to them authentic, authentically. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the culture piece, key. What are the end goals of the company? What are the technologies they use? It's it's not one answer. It's it's a variety of answers based on that individual candidate.
0: Yeah, and the the mission and values alignment uh, between candidates and the organization, and and even specifically within the team uh, that they're going to be working with, that is just uh, more important than it's ever been. This is an area where I've done a good amount of of research myself, and it's it's one of the foundational drivers for a lot, particularly for younger people, that they want to see that values alignment. And you know, it's it's better for the organization and it's better for the individual. Uh, organizations want people who align with their values and want to contribute to its, you know, stated mission. Uh, but mm-hmm. me as a worker, as an individual within the team, I want to be somewhere where I can get excited and wake up every morning knowing that I'm going to go do work that aligns with my core values. And it's not even about trying to figure out who has the better values. It's, it's, that's not it. It's, it's alignment. It's a, it's about uh, having values that are true to the organization and true to your individual authentic self, and then finding a way to align those. And some people just function better in a certain environment, you know, versus another. And, and we're doing everyone a favor when we can foster that kind of an alignment, uh, you know, for the organization and for the team.
2: You're absolutely right about that. And I think another thing individuals crave is knowing that they're making an impact, especially with the younger generations, like you mentioned, knowing that they're making a difference in the company and the team some way. And as leaders, you know,
1: taking your ego out of it. If you have someone on your team who wants to pursue a different path, encourage that. Don't be hard done by the fact that they want to pursue or their goals have changed. Um, that's a beautiful thing that you can offer someone on your team, uh, that support and that commitment to see their growth, even if it is outside of the company that you're currently working for. That's incredibly memorable for them as well.
0: Yeah, it's meaningful, impactful, and memorable. And I mean, we all know that there are limitations. There are There is scarcity of resources that an organization you know, has to wrestle with. And, and so whatever organization I may may be working with, you know, I, I know that they're going to want to try to keep up with market trends and, and compensation and, and benefits, but there's just the reality of keeping the doors open, making payroll and, and all of that. And it's, it's a challenge and people aren't stupid. They know that, um, they may not always be super patient with it, but you know, I think most people, especially if they've been around and they buy into the mission and the values of the organization, they know that they understand it. They're going to be patient with it, um, but they want to know that they're going to have opportunities for continual growth and development, so that they're not going to stagnate in their career. And people are willing to put up with slightly below market level pay or benefits packages if they are being invested in by their organization if they know that they're being empowered to grow and develop. And they know that they have a great leader who is going to coach them and mentor them and give them the opportunities that they'll need to, to grow into their next opportunity. Uh, when we have leaders like that, we tend to thrive and you're we're just willing to put up with a lot more of perhaps the the slight lagging pay issues or benefits issues. Not to say that you know we want to give organizations a pass and not trying to stay up to market but it's just it's just the reality that organizations are facing and that that development piece that ongoing growth piece is one that we just shouldn't forget about. Well, Patricia and Kasha, this has been a really fun conversation. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in a few minutes, but before we close today, I wanted to give you both a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, with your team. Uh, give us any final pitch that you have around some of your products and services, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
2: Awesome, thank you, Jonathan. It's been an amazing conversation. Thank you for having us um, and to go along with this whole topic of conversation, keeping the human in HR, whether you're a leader looking for a job, you're on a team trying to get promoted, just always remember that in every aspect and always remember the end goal. Um, And, you know, we offer, Human design, I, you know. Actually, Jonathan, it would be cool if we could do that for you sometime um, offline. I'll email you, and Kasha could do a human design assessment for you. Um, but we do individual assessments and also team workshops. Um, and you can find us at our website, missionrecruit.com, and we're on all the socials: YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. And we're we would love to hear from anyone and everyone.
0: Wonderful. And anything else you would like to say, Kasha?
2: Yeah, adding on to to what Patricia said, you know,
1: we've developed a roadmap that helps you understand who you are, how to be yourself, how to optimize your team's performance and experience without all of the personal development noise. (laughs) And so our goal is to really help people understand their decision-making styles, their leadership styles, um, and and learn as leaders how to recognize and leverage the contributions of, of everyone on your team. Uh, So check us out at missionrecruit.com and feel free to send us an email if you've got any questions.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. It has really been a pleasure talking with you both today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules to share your insights and your experience with me and my listeners. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.